Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed the conversation and thanks so much for coming back. But for everyone out there who's new to the show, welcome. Feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer, soda, water, coffee, tea in the fridge. I just realized that I don't have a drink. It doesn't really (laughs) matter. Everybody, welcome. I am drinkless. It's okay. Maybe I'll sneak off and get one in a little bit. Yeah, I've got two drinks I could share. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Guest came prepared. So I'm sitting here today with somebody who I just met a couple Mm -hmm. minutes ago Mm -hmm. outside of my house. They helped me hang up some sheets to fix the lighting in this room. And uh, this is another, indeed, another episode of Strangers in My House because we have never met before. (laughs) I don't even know how to pronounce your last name. Nobody does. That's okay. And uh, (laughs) how about you just introduce yourself then and I will save myself the uh, public embarrassment of butchering (laughs) your names. Okay, this is exciting because I get to introduce myself to you and the audience at the same time. Absolutely. (laughs) Let's do it. Well, my name's Sheridan. Last name is pronounced Wika. Or however you want to say it, really. Um, there's a lot of ways to spell it, a lot of ways to say it. And my first name, Sheridan, is also hard to say and hard to spell. Um, I tell people I was named that because I was conceived in a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a uh, <laughs> it was a Days Inn, not a Sheridan. Oh, uh, okay. But um, I do like being named Sheridan because there's no others. Sure. Um, I'm a performer, an artist, because, you know, of course, who isn't these days? Mm-hmm. And um, I also run... A charity project. I'm the director of it called Helping At, locally in Pittsburgh. We've been operating for about a year and a half, probably. Started right when COVID started, and we've been getting a lot of really, really interesting, awesome things happening. Um, I'm not sure when exactly this airs, but we do have some fun events coming up, and hopefully, people listening will come and see those events and support us. And I am also a CRS, a state certified recovery specialist. I work in drug and alcohol as a peer support. Helping people out every day, all day. Wow, there's a whole lot to unpack and get into <laughs> there. So thank you for coming on the show to share your story and your experiences. So of all of these things, <laughs> uh, being an artist, musician, charity, helping out people, what was the first thing that Sheridan decided to do productively? Hmm. Was it music and art and you got into helping people through that or what was it tell me the story <laughs> you pretty much got it on the nose actually <laughs> okay cool um i always did music because it was an escape for me and it was just something that helped me in making art um just um give me a place to to be myself and a place to be um comfortable and express myself and that naturally kind of led me to um the charity stuff and that naturally kind of led me to um, the work I'm in because I'm in recovery myself and um, art was a huge way that I got through that and pushed through that. So I think that um, art is a really underrated um, part of recovery that no one really talks about, but it's really important. And I think that's why some of the work I do with the charity is really important and it ties into my work and it ties into my art. Absolutely. So it's all connected. So it feels like it's all one big thing to me. Absolutely. When you started making art and music, you know, how different is the art that you started out doing like when you were younger different from what you do now? <laughs> well, well <laughs> when I was younger, my art was completely different because, you know, I was like a punk kid, you know. I grew up in a small town. There wasn't much to do. We were like the only punk band in the whole town. <laughs> so even though we were really bad, you know, people were interested because there's nothing else happening. And um, I was also, you know, not great mental health at the time obviously I didn't have a good idea of how to self-care and didn't have a good idea how to really do much anything and have healthy relationships and led to all these bad situations you know um but as i've grown my art has really grown with it and um I, it's almost it's funny because i always think oh it's unrecognizable from what i used to do what i do now because it's so different i've grown so much but really it's never that different you know you're always still that that <laughs> crappy little kid somewhere deep within that never really leaves, you know? Yeah. So even though I'm not out here making folk punk music and being obnoxious, I'm still a little obnoxious. Sure. <laughs> I think that, you know, no matter what, as your art evolves, if it's still your voice that's, like, at the core of it, yeah, like, it's going to be recognizable 
to you no matter what because it oh, has absolutely. like the same DNA. It's yeah, just the, wearing a different outfit. Yeah, there's still something in you that's that's there. And there was something of you now that was in there too. Uh-huh. So you can kind of watch it crack like an egg. Now, whenever you were, you know, transitioning out of, or I guess like getting into like the whole like punk, folk punk scene, yeah. punk rock in general, extreme music in general, even though that's not extreme, but you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. There is like this unfortunate, <laughs> the, the, the curtain just fell. That's fine. That's fine. We're just going to roll with it. There is this uh, unfortunate sort of like underbelly of deviant behavior in these yeah. cultures, right? And like, <laughs> what is that? And why do you think that it is such a thing? Why do you think that the, like, I guess there's, you know, deviant behavior in every culture. Yeah. But for some reason with, you know, like punk, I'm a big like heavy metal and hip hop guy. So yeah. there's a whole lot of ding dongs where I'm where I'm coming from too. Yeah. And like, you know, trying to navigate that as somebody that still like loves this kind of music, but is finding themselves detached from a lot of the social aspects yeah. that come with that music. Yeah. What has that journey been like for you? It's tough, you know, because um, you know, punk and like extreme kind of scenes like that, any kind of niche kind of scene, like people who don't have a place to be like uh, come to that, you know, and they form their own little, little world. But it, it, you know, all kinds of different people come in there and people who are at different points in their kind of life and their career and maybe their recovery from whatever it is, you know, yeah. you got people who have all been through some, some bad stuff, you know, because you don't get involved with that kind of a community and get that close knit to it. If you haven't been through some stuff where you have a, a reason to, Sure. You know, and everybody's at a different point with that. And some people have kind of come out the other side of it and they are at a good point in their lives. I won't say good point in their lives, but you've got people who have come out the other side of it and you've got people who are just entering it just at the very beginning. And I think it can be really difficult. Um, so, it, yeah, you meet all kinds of interesting people and the social aspect is tough. It's always tough. Meet new people, you know, getting along with people. It's never easy. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think that, you know, that's always the the other thing that, at least it was a struggle for me, and yeah. I don't think that it's unique by any means, but, you know, I was an artist as a kid, so obviously introverted as most artists are. Yeah. But then, like, you want to be a part of this community, so mm -hmm. it's like a community of introverts that are, you know, it could be awkward around awkward. each other. Yeah. But then, you know you like trying to navigate like i don't know i always had like really hard issues with like trust and opening up to people and like oh, no doubt finding like the right people to trust in this realm where like even yeah. though you feel like you should be comfortable around these people it's like i'm not always comfortable around yeah. those people it's yeah, like exactly it's like that's like i mean that's when i was like 14 and now i'm a lot older than 14 and it's like <laughs> this hasn't gone away yeah it doesn't go away and then you know, I've had like experiences where same kind of thing where I'm I'm young and I don't really know how to trust people. And you kind of, you know, I kind of pushed myself into that before I was maybe ready to and ended up trusting the wrong kind of people, you mm. know, getting involved with things I shouldn't have got involved with. And, um, you know, it, it's what happens when you have all these introverted people who are going through stuff and they're trying to go through it together. But you can't always do it by yourself. It's not easy. Sure. Know? It's not just something you can just get through. Yeah, and yeah, I imagine I imagine it's probably harder to coming from like a, a small town environment like you mentioned you yeah. you did because I mean I grew up in the city so I never lived in a tiny town with like no neighbors you know I grew up yeah. in the city in apartment buildings city schools usually I'm like I was always so used to being around so many people mm -hmm. that it was easy for me to just kind of not exist in be in my own little bubble. Yeah. Whereas I don't know what that's like in a small town if like everybody knows each other. Is it like it easy? Is. is it easy to be like, to like kind of like be in your own bubble or is there always somebody that's kind of like there's, up your ass about something? There's always somebody. Yeah. I mean, literally wherever you go, you know pretty much everybody there. Yeah. You know, because um, we were near, there was a university nearby. So there was always new people coming in and out. But at the same time, if you grew up there, you grew up there, you know? And <laughs> literally anywhere you went you'd run into 10 people you know yeah so you couldn't just disappear into the crowd and that's something i really like about living here is that i can disappear in the crowd i can just go a little bit outside my normal neighborhood sit down at a cafe 
I don't know any of these people. Mm-hmm. I'll never see them ever again. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. You know, it's not something I've got to experience when I was younger. Yeah. I think that that's sometimes, you know, back in a, you know, in a time when I used to like go out of town more often, um, I used to like to go up to New York. I have family that live in Manhattan mm-hmm. and it used to be like, honestly, really relaxing for me to go up there yeah. and people will be like, how? <laughs> is that because like, I'm like because I just get left alone. Like yeah. you're in this sea of chaos, but nobody gives a crap who you are. Yeah. If you can find the right way to just kind of navigate in the shadows of the chaos, I like find comfort in that. That might not be a good thing. I don't know. It makes me <laughs> happy though. So whatever. I know exactly right? what you mean. I feel the exact same way. Yeah. What was it like moving from you know the small town into a city? Had you spent a lot of time? in the city before you had moved? I don't know if like the first city you moved to was Pittsburgh or not. It was actually, yeah. Okay. But I did not spend a lot of time here. It was I was touring a bit, going to a few different places. Of all the, We didn't do huge tours. I think the farthest we went was like Virginia, went up to Boston once. Like not terribly far, but the best city that I had been to was Pittsburgh. I just liked Pittsburgh. And there was just um, bad stuff in my hometown. I, had to, I wanted to get out. And we just kind of packed up and moved you know, without a lot of preparation. Sure. And we had like two friends in Pittsburgh. Most places we toured, we knew like one person. But here we knew two people. Okay. <laughs> so we're like, let's go to Pittsburgh. And um, yeah, it, it was, in the long term, it was an amazing idea. And I'm so glad we did because I really like being here. But um, it was a completely new experience. Yeah. I mean, just had an, ex- and it's not like Pittsburgh is a massive city or something, but it was still such an adjustment. Sure. I, I can't imagine, you know, yeah. I think that, a lot of people that haven't spent a lot of time outside of Pittsburgh but are from here, I think they take it for granted. Yeah. Because, like, it is a small city, but I've been to a lot of places. And I don't think it's just my, like, romanticizing or nostalgic nature for the city. There's a lot of really cool stuff here. And I think there it's is. like a, um, you know, every city has its issues. We can, like, well, yeah. cut, you can get into the red tape if you want to, like, really focus on negative things for sure. Yeah. But I still think that, like, just being, like, an art kid, if you are resourceful here, I think that it can be affordable and it can be a really fun place to live. I've yeah. really, I know a lot of great people that live here. I've built my mm-hmm. life here and yeah. I enjoy it. It's a nice place. Yeah. I never thought I would end up staying here for a long time, really. But I've, I've like really fallen in love with it here and I've traveled still and I still tour and I still go places. And I just, I always like Pittsburgh. I never get homesick for where I grew up too much. Yeah. Um, but I, I get homesick for here, you know, I really, really do like that's it here. and it's not perfect. Yeah. You know, but I don't think, but it, it feels worth it to put the work in. Sure. In, in Pittsburgh and like make Pittsburgh what like it could be. Cause I feel it, you know? Sure. I think that there are a lot of people here that do really give a shit about yeah. making the city a better place. Um, it's just like the, the power structure is always going to be very uneven. Yeah. Um, so it's just something that, you know, people need to continue to to work at um but all all all, all terror and drama aside mm-hmm. art <laughs> music yeah so now as you know somebody who has moved to pittsburgh you have this charity that you're doing you're still making music and art mm-hmm. and touring and all that do you find that it is hard for you to find time to still do all of these things as you try to like maintain a normal adult life in the city <laughs> or do you find like a, a healthy balance with everything? You know, it is, you would think it's, it's be hard. I think for a lot of people it is hard, but I think that I've successfully found a way to integrate. It, it's like, cause performing is really important to me. I can't just stop doing it. To me, it's like an essential part of my life and my self care and my just being myself. I just got to have it. I got to do it. And, um, it, I, I don't feel like I have to squeeze it in mm-hmm. because I feel like everything else almost has to squeeze in around it. Because I, I need to have it. If it ever comes down to like, I just don't have time to like play a show I really want to play, I'm going to make time. You know, it, it's it's tough and you do have to kind of make hard choices. But I think if something is that important to you, you got to let it be. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, the the question always comes up with me and sometimes friends that I know and they're asking me about like, like how do you find time to make X, Y, and Z happen. And I just think that really, if you want to genuinely do something, you can make that time. Yeah, you can't find that time. You have to just make it. Yeah, it's like the same same energy that you put into like binging all of Stranger Things in one (laughs) night, you could have easily put that into 
working on a painting or writing a song if you, you really could've. wanted to. You could have. But also watching all of it in one night might inspire you to make a really cool painting tomorrow. Totally. Totally. <laughs> I think that there's uh, sometimes this, it's like you you kind of want something, but the the willingness to work for it. And again, this break, that conversation of putting in the work, whatever it is. Yeah. I, I think that sometimes can be a big hurdle for a lot of people. It's, Even yeah. if they have the talent, there's something like a some sort of a mental block, whether it's like internal or external forces that are convincing them that for some reason they can't do what they want to do or that they shouldn't do what they want to do. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It's It's all about putting in the work, no matter what it is. Whether it's any of the things I do or anybody does, it's it's hard work. It's never easy, you mm-hmm. know. It's like playing shows is hard work. Making music is hard work. Doing charity stuff is hard work, and recovery is hard work. Whatever it is, mental health is hard work. You know, it, yeah, it's, it's a lot of hard work, and finding the motivation is the hardest part. Mm-hmm. But um, I think Pittsburgh has a really good atmosphere. Somehow it inspires me to just be willing to to like roll up my sleeves to do the hard work on myself and on on what I care about. Yeah. So, you know, with the change that happened from, you know, being a teenager and art and all your personal changes that oh, you've yeah. made moving forward, you know, how has that affected like the content of your work? I know we mentioned oh, the yeah. style being different, but like yeah. the content itself. Oh, content completely cuz I mean you know, as a kid, you don't really know anything. <laughs> I mean, you don't know anything when you're a kid. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean in, in growing and in just learning who you are and what matters to you, you, you learn about a lot about what, what really matters to you. And um, you sort of find your voice. And yeah, I think I've, I, at some point in there, I found my voice and there was a very rocky path. It wasn't just, a, oh, now I get what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a rocky path. But I think I'm at a point now where I've, Definitely found my voice. And I'm writing about stuff I care about, even if it doesn't make sense to anybody else. <laughs> you know, when you're continuing to find things to write about, um, I've always found that it's hard sometimes. Uh, once I got to a point where like, I was in a pretty uh, like low place personally in my life, right? But it was also a very... Um, there was a lot of creative output because I really had nowhere else to put everything that I was going through, right? Yeah. And then we fast forward a few years and I have, I'm in a much better place uh, mentally and physically and everything's like, I'm, I'm good. We're locked in. Awesome. Yeah. But now I don't always know what to write yeah, but, about. Yeah, but now what? Yeah, like what do I like? Where do I pull? I'm like, it's like I, but it's like okay, well, maybe I don't want to keep on writing from these dark places. But it's like, yes. that's that was like my whole life, though. I it's like, exactly how do I continue to like do art, but like that's filter like, it through like some sort of positivity? Because yeah, yeah. like so I much mean, of my life is is about that idea of like, well, what now? You know, lately <laughs> that's what it is because like you know I'm in recovery. I'm in a pretty good place. I'm like, I'm not homeless. I have a stable place to live. I'm in like good relationships. I like know how to deal with people and express myself and like have like a job and like things are pretty good for me for the first time in, in you know, my life. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? But it's like, well, now what? You know, you set all these goals for yourself and if you meet them or you get to a point where you feel okay, you, there was, you could never really imagine a point where you would just feel okay. And totally. Fine. You don't know how to imagine it. So when it's here, you're just lost. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's, it's, yeah, it's funny you bring that up because that's really encompassing so much of, of my life in, in all of it, you know, in uh-huh. music and in recovery. Cause it, it's the question of what now? Sure. Now, what do you do? You have to start from scratch and figure out who you are. I feel you know? like there's this part of like, uh, the, the DIY culture, not necessarily just like music, but I think just being like an artist and self-made or however, you mm-hmm. know, whatever trendy social media <laughs> term, you know, hashtag on the grind or whatever. Right. Uh, but I feel like you're always supposed to feel like you should always be working towards the next thing. Yeah. But like, what is the end goal? I kind of realized, yeah. you know, a, a year or two ago, like once like I really kind of got everything fixed in, I'm like, okay, like I, I have a job that I love working yeah. in a field that I care a lot about. Yeah. I have a, a partner that I love. I have a house that is great. Yeah. I'm in a band with my best friends. 
<laughs> I make art and do what I, you know, like I yeah. can, if I want to, if I want to go out and buy, spend too much money on tacos and some place with <laughs> bullshit Edison light bulbs, I could do that. <laughs> yeah. I could do that. Exactly. Like, what else should I really be like thriving for? Or should yeah. I just take the time to like pump the brakes and like actually enjoy these things that I've worked for for a bit? Yeah. Do I, I need <laughs> to keep fucking working? I know exactly what you mean. The, the grind culture is my least favorite thing probably. <laughs> In the world, I would say top top ten worst things. Either one number one or number two is the grind idea. Yeah, I really hate it. But yeah, like um um, I don't exactly what you mean. You get to this point where you're okay, and it's it's this balance between like, is this just like okay, and like I'm kind of settling, and like should I be doing more, or is like is it okay to just like be like okay right now? Yeah, you know, like are you just kind of treading water barely here, or? Are you really in a place where you're you're good and you should let yourself be good? Yeah. You know, it's you a know, tough balance. Yeah, I had actually like this epiphany really came to me as a result of uh somebody who I used to be in a, a band with. Um they were talking to me, like kind of like I don't know if they were just like talking down to me or if they're just somebody that isn't good at expressing uh inspirational messaging. <laughs> but like they basically were like really trying to like make me it felt like to me at the time that they were trying to make me feel bad about myself because I didn't like think that it was like necessary for me to like you know quit my job and try to tour 24-7 and do all of this stuff as like a 30 year old male <laughs> and I'm just like okay like I but like okay like I get where you're coming from yeah. but at the same time like I'm like happy with what I yeah. have right now and like if you're not happy with what you have that's okay but like yeah. I just felt like it was like this weird attack on me as if like <laughs> all of this work that I've done means absolutely nothing yeah, because like, I don't want to like tour full time right now I want to take the time to enjoy my life exactly. it's like oh like you know I, I would never want to just like plateau I'm like plateau? Yeah, plateau I'm at the top of the mountain enjoying the view yeah exactly you know like <laughs> Yeah, that's why this grind thing is so terrible. That guy sucks. He sounds like he sucks. Yes. And if he's listening, he's oh, stuck. No, he's not. He's probably too busy looking in a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. It's just, there's there's a point where you have to let yourself be okay. And and I've seen it a lot. Because I do get that anxiety of like, shouldn't I be doing more? Shouldn't I be doing more? And somebody has to, whether my partner or my friend or somebody has to just look at me and be like, you're doing, you're like, you're good. You're doing all this stuff. You're good. Like, you're fine. You don't have to do more shit if you don't want to do more shit. Yeah. You can be happy how you are. Yeah, I think that there's so much of the internet and our habits with social media that, like, convince us that we need to be doing stuff constantly. Otherwise, yeah. the world's going to forget about us or something like yeah. that. And it's <laughs> just like, it's fine. The world's not going to forget about you. Forget. As long as you've, like, made some sort of a positive impact on them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but I, it's, but I also, as an artist, I totally empathize because I, I still catch myself like, oh crap, like, I haven't posted anything about my band in a week. I know. And everybody does how that. How are we ever going to, how are we ever going to take over the world? <laughs> I think the thing that, that um, helps me with that kind of thinking, because everybody gets it. Everybody who does any kind of performing or producing or making any kind of a show or anything. You get that thing of like, oh no, I got to post. People forget about me. I got to make a post. I got to promote this a lot. Uh huh. I think what what catches me is knowing that literally everybody else is thinking that all the time. So now oh, in the yeah. back of my head, whenever I see a post from like another band or like a producer or something, that's just like a post for the post's sake. I'm like, you guys made that because you felt like you had to. Sure. You know. So sure. <laughs> whenever I'm making a post, I try to think, am I doing this because I have to? Like, or I'm supposed to, or because I'm doing it because I really want to. I think it, it kind of goes back to that conversation about talking about how you can get something done if you really want to get it done. I feel like yeah. that some form of that idea should really translate to our use with social media. Like, am I on this because I have nothing to do? Or am I on this because I genuinely am curious in what my friends are up to? Yeah. Totally. It's like, I can't even remember the last time that I opened up Instagram with the thought, I wonder what my friends are up to. Yeah. I don't even think about opening it. It just happens, yeah, it just right? Happens. And then 10 minutes later, it's like, oh yeah, I was supposed to bring the groceries in. You know, <laughs> or something like really obscure. Yeah. 
Um, I've gotten in the habit of, because of course I struggle with that because I'm living in this time. Like we all struggle with that. Um, I've gotten in the habit of calling people a lot more, which is something I've always been terrified to do because I don't like talking on the phone or at least, I mean, I used to really, really, really hate it, but now I've gotten in the habit of just calling people out of the blue. And the first time you do it to somebody, they're like, what are you doing? Like, even if they're your friend, they're like, are you okay? You know what I mean? Sure. But once you've gotten past that, like, because it happened, like a friend I hadn't talked to in years called me at, in like 2 a.m. And I was like, are you okay? What's going on? And they're like, no, no. It's just like, what's up? And I was like, really? Like you can do, like my mind was like blown. I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> it just like changed me. So like the next day I just called a friend I hadn't talked to in a little bit. He's like, what's up? Are you okay? What's going on? And I'm like, what's up? Like, how are you? <laughs> um, It's really nice. And then I don't really have to wonder. And then whenever I see their social media posts, I know what was really going through their head. So it helps me not overthink it. Uh-huh. You know, because sometimes you see people's posts and you overthink it because you think everyone's thinking about your post really, really, really hard, but they're not. No, <laughs> they're probably just scrolling right past they it. They just see it. They might hit like, it's like, oh, I like that, that person. Yeah. And then they'll go. Yeah. That's the thing that like really uh, kind of the one thing that I wish I wasn't aware of but I guess it's better that I am is in terms of like sharing my art online. And when I'm sharing it from like, like a, if I'm sharing it from like a band page or something like that, it's a little bit different than if it's shared from my personal page. Cause there are some mm-hmm. people that like follow our band that I have no idea who they are. Yeah. So it's like true. a little bit more genuine. Yeah. Most of the time, if I'm sharing something from a personal page and there are people that are liking it, it's like, you're just liking this because you like me, which is nice. Yeah. That's wholesome. <laughs> but I wish there was more digestion of the content sometimes. Yeah. But that's like, whatever. You can't make people check out things that they don't either want to or they don't have the time to. Yeah. But it's like funny because like, I remember it still happens. Like, you know, there are people that like still ask me if like, like when when the next time my old band is playing a show and like Mm -hmm. we haven't been a band for like two years (laughs) or like, you know, things that are like, but it's like strange because like those same people like your posts online Mm -hmm. and then they ask questions that contradict them seeing your things. It's like, so it's like, did you actually read these things? (laughs) That's another thing that kind of helps you realize not to overthink your kinds of posts. Uh Because people will see it and be like, cool, they won't even read it. Yeah, it's so weird. It is weird. But why it, are we in a why are we in a place that we feel like we need to do that? It's weird. You know, it reminds me of a conversation I was having the other day. Okay. okay. So I was playing this show recently and we made a flyer because you make a flyer when you do a show. And I was at the show with people and we were talking and we were all like, we all came because we either knew somebody or someone asked us to come. We were friends with somebody. And I said, Has anyone ever been at a show and thought, Man, I'm glad I saw that flyer because I wouldn't have known this show was happening? Or like, I came because of the flyer. I don't think any human being has ever done that. Right? I just think see a was, flyer and then just go. When I was in high school, for sure. But that was before social media. Yeah. Like, before social media, maybe. But like, every show, they make a flyer. And then, like, for what? Are you talking like a physical flyer or like digital? Or anything? Anything. I think a digital advertisement Digital helps. advertisements are fun because they're like fun to make and cool. Yeah. I mean, like, if I see like, I had some friends that played a show recently it was actually like it was three bands and all of them had been on the podcast before (laughs) so i felt like obligated to go yeah because like for one it's like i hadn't had a chance to actually just go to a local show in a very long time because of things and uh so i was like okay that's cool it's close to my house i know all of these people and um it was really just because i saw the flyer on facebook there you go well the twist to my story was we were all thinking oh no one has ever gone just because of a flyer and the one dude in the conversation goes, I just came because of the flyer. I thought it sounded cool. <laughs> and I checked out the bands and they were good, so I came. And I was like, all right. I yeah. didn't know. Uh-huh. I didn't know. Amazing. Yeah. it's I, I sometimes like to think that I know how the world works and, or I assume that the, the rest of the world interfaces with it the same way that I do. <laughs> yeah. But that's so not true. That's Everybody not true. has their own little things, right? That's true. I mean, yeah. I always think that you know, <laughs> you understand everything. <laughs> you don't understand anything. I don't know. Your worldview can change in an instant. And mine uh-huh. does all the time. There are so many times. <laughs> I mean, I'm a weird guy. You know what I mean? I'm kind of a weird guy. So there's a lot of times I think something is like, oh, everyone thinks that. That's normal. That's that's totally exactly right. 
And I am the only person in the entire world who thinks like that. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> That's totally fine. It, it yeah. it's I think that everybody has those those quirks. I think that it's mostly just crucial to know that or to like be aware of yeah. that and just know that Yeah. It's like this uh I don't know. I'm not smart enough to explain it. It's like this balance of realizing that like you aren't unique but you are still unique in a lot of ways. Yeah. And yeah. like maybe the things that make you unique aren't always the things that you think. Yeah, make you exactly. unique. You There's gotta, something like that. You got to right? stay open and open to new things and you can't be too invested in your own personal idea of yourself. Cuz mm -hmm. probably, you know, everybody sees you different. Yeah. Whenever you, you know, were transitioning uh, you know, a lifestyle change and oh, you yeah. know, if you um, going into recovery and things like that, you know, were there any like new hobbies that you picked up that you like hadn't really done before? Because obviously you were already doing music prior. Yeah, that's a good um, question though. I'm just curious like what like, because there's always like different ways like how do we fill our time with things that used to be like toxic behaviors because that, that yeah. space is there. Like exactly. how do you, and I think that's a, a huge hurdle for a lot of people, right? It like, is. What do we do with that time? I got really depressed when I, my, my life first started to kind of change and I first started going into recovery because you suddenly have all this time. You suddenly have a lot less friends because you have to cut off a lot of toxic people. Yeah. And that's an unfortunate part of it. Well, unfortunate it seems at the time, but it's really, really important in the long run. It's totally. just really hard. Mm -hmm. But now you have all this time. You don't have the same friends anymore. You're not going to the same places. You're not going to the same parties. You're doing different things. You got all this time. You got to find something to do. And for me, it was, I tried to learn more instruments. Okay, cool. Because I knew how to play piano from being, when I was a kid, took piano lessons. And I knew how to play guitar. When I was a teenager, I learned how to play guitar. And um, I started taking piano really more seriously. I got a decent keyboard. I started playing it like an hour every day or more, just playing it all night, all the time, trying to get good at it. Now I'm pretty, pretty good at piano. Nice. Congrats. <laughs> and then um, as I started having, you know, a little bit of extra money and a little bit of extra time, I started getting different instruments. You know, I picked trombone back up. I learned it as a kid and I started getting good at that. Learned the trumpet, learned the violin a little bit, learned the banjo and the mandolin, learned the French horn a little bit, learned the clarinet a little bit, and I just kept going. And now I can play every instrument pretty much a little bit. And um, um. At a, at a certain point in my recovery, when I started learning more instruments, I set a goal for myself. And I said, by the time I am old, by the time I'm an old person, whatever that means, I'm going to know how to play every instrument, at least a little. I could pick up an instrument and play a little tune, not be a virtuoso. Nice. But I think I could make that goal happen. Now, as like uh, an artist, how yeah. has learning all of these different instruments changed the way that you approach songwriting? Oh my God, that changed it completely. <laughs> well, because now I have a million different instruments. So I can arrange my music, uh -huh. you know, orchestrally, and I don't have to, you know, I can just do it myself. It's really exciting. And um, every new instrument you learn, you get a completely new ear for the way things sound. I can't explain it. But um, I don't know. Have you ever, like, like, learned a new instrument from scratch or, like, learned to do something like that? Sure. Or, like, if you ever, I don't know, you didn't used to play drums and now you play drums, music just sounds different now. Oh, yeah. Know? Mm hmm. Or like before I knew how to play bass. And then after I learned bass, every song I heard just sounded different. So here's a really, really silly metaphor for okay. what you're talking yes. about. Ranch dressing. <laughs> I loved ranch dressing as a kid. And then I got a little bit older and I was like, you know, you go to a restaurant and they always have this big old jug of house-made ranch dressing. Yeah. That means that I can make ranch dressing in my house. Yeah. So I can make my own ranch dressing. Mm -hmm. So I learned how to make ranch dressing, right? And once you make it... Once I make it, now I'm like, oh, all I taste is mayonnaise. Yeah. <laughs> now I can't eat ranch dressing. It just tastes it's like... It's, it's like it's so much. Mm -hmm. That's like once like you know what's in it, mm -hmm. that's all I, I can see or taste. They're like yeah. now like with music, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, like I understand how that drum part works. Yeah. Now a, that's all I hear. In a way, it ruins the magic almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. To, the know. magic of ranch dressing. <laughs> yeah. That's the most Pittsburgh ass shit I've ever said on this podcast. <laughs> it ruins the magic uh -huh. of it once you know how the how the sausage is made. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? yeah. I know how to play drums a little now. And before I would hear a really cool drum beat and just be like, oh, that's so cool. And now I'm like, well, I can't do it, but I understand how they did it. It's less magical. And um, you might think that's kind of sad that it's less magical, but there's another different kind of magic mm -hmm. in knowing how it works and knowing that, like, if I really tried, I could do that too. 
you know, and that's even more magical. Yeah, so it's, I like that. I like. I, I think that I enjoy the way that I interface with a lot of art these days. Um, but it has definitely changed. I, you know, we like. Uh, it's just, it's just different, you know. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of stuff that I liked when I was a kid that I definitely don't like anymore as a result of my knowledge, and I kind of <laughs> miss just being able to listen to something or watch something with just like no idea of like just just being able to watch something with like a pure heart and mind, right? Yeah, no, totally. And I also have a really bad habit of like being interested in too many things, mm. so. I continually like ruin the things that I like in yeah. some way because I yeah. like have to like involve myself in it and learn how it's yeah, done. Yeah, because the magic goes away. Everything but, you don't understand is magic to yeah, you. Yeah, it's it's a different it's a different magic like you had mentioned, yeah. but it's just there's not many things that I have in my life now where it's like I can just enjoy it and I don't have to like there isn't one part of my brain that's like critically dissecting how like the gears are turning and whatever yeah, it is, whether yeah. it's like uh, cooking or watching a movie or yeah. going to Disney World or yeah. something. I don't know. Like yeah, whatever random thing you could do, I'm like, my brain's always on. I can never just turn off. Yeah. You know, I, I struggle with that same thing. Um, I think something that helps with that for me, and this is my recommendation to you. Nice. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. Um, like I had a show last night. And, you know, seeing live music, always when it's like, you know, local people, it always untwists my gears a little bit. Because um, I've seen guys play guitar and sing a million times. But every time it's like a little bit different. Because you can't, no matter how hard you try, sound exactly like somebody else when you're singing or playing guitar or anything. So as I'm watching live, I'm kind of focusing on what makes it different. And know that even when that, like that other kind of magic I was talking about, like knowing you could do it, of that going beyond that of seeing like, I could never do exactly that. You know what I mean? Mm. I couldn't even really do an impression of this person because I just can't be them. And I can't write the same songs they write. You know, I never could. Yeah. Their songs are theirs. And that's, that's where I have to find the magic now. Instead of like, I don't know how they just did that. I'm going to go... I would never write exactly that, and I never will. You know, so that's the new magic for me. That's awesome. I've never. I. I, I don't think that I've been. Um, I guess I don't. No, I don't know if I've been like selfless enough to think about that. <laughs> like when watching other people perform. Well, always. think about it next time. I bet you will. I bet it'll stick in your head, and you will. Totally, it definitely <laughs> will stick in my head. I think that you know, I'm always. I don't know what it is. I think that whenever I see bands play for the the first time, uh, I'm always like, okay, like what's gonna go wrong? Like that's not a healthy way to look at stuff. Well, but yeah. I'm just like, I'm like, <laughs> what? What is this? I, I guess maybe it goes back to that whole like lack of trust. And anytime yeah. there's like a local band or something that like I don't know who they are, I'm like so apprehensive at first because yeah. it's like, who are you? Yes. What is this? Well, skepticism is like <laughs> what comes naturally at any kind of performance, you know? I guess so. A yeah. As like a performer, you're going to spend the first two songs just trying to address that skepticism of being like, trust me, I'm, I'm, I'm allowed to be here. This is okay. I'm not awful, I promise. <laughs> and like, I'm not going to bother you. I'm not going to make you upset. <laughs> you know, as, 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 a, as a performer of multiple instruments now, how is this impacting your live performance? Are you still trying to keep the live performance pretty simple? Or are you bringing like 10,000 things to a show now? Literally, if I could play the French horn and the bass and drums and everything at the same time, I would. I would. <laughs> and for a brief time, I was like doing the backup tracks on the computer and having like a mixer and things. That's just too complicated for me. I'm a simple, simple guy. I like simple things. I like vanilla ice cream. I like plain pickles. Not the spicy ones. Okay. They come in that little bag. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. I'm a plain, simple guy. So I don't like the um, backup tracks. I don't like having a million things. I'll play the songs best I can play with just one instrument. I'll usually have piano. I'll do a couple songs on guitar, and then I'll do some more on piano. But, um, and then for a while, I got in the habit of like, well, I'm playing piano, kind of wishing the rest was there, you know, like imagining the drums and the horns in my head. But um, it, it's, you can't do that. You know, you got to make the best of what you have. 
Yeah. So totally. what I do is make the best of what I have. And I say, I'm going to play this song the best I can possibly play it with just this, what's in front of me. And not think about how it's supposed to sound or how it could. Yeah. So, and that I, makes it special every time. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes back to, I mean, most people aren't going to know like your music as well as you do. Yeah. So yeah, if they're exactly. hearing something for the first time or maybe they've seen you play before, you know, they're going to get a different experience every time. And if yeah. they do maybe listen to your studio albums, I'm, I'm assuming that maybe you just do more production when you're recording, like you're yeah. doing all those layers. And yeah, when I'm right? recording, I get to play everything. Yeah. So, it's, you know. Have you ever like considered like trying to like work with other musicians in a live environment again? Yeah. Or is it, like yeah. with your with your music? Yeah. You know, I, I have and I have done a couple of shows where I get friends to come and play with me. And I really do like it. But I really feel most comfortable when it's just me being myself on a stage by myself and just getting to express myself and play my own songs a little different every time and just, you know, just get a weird little moment to just be a little freak and yeah. just me. And I don't have to worry about... Because if I want to just do the song different suddenly and I decide I, I don't want to <laughs> go to this chord anymore because I have a new idea, I, it's nice to be able to do that. <laughs> and <laughs> cool. I have to worry if anyone has to, it, you know, guess what I'm doing. <laughs> sure. So there was a time when I played a couple of live shows with friends of mine who are honestly much more technically talented than me. And they went to music school and they like know all this very fancy, fancy stuff. Mm -hmm. And I got them to play with me. Not because my songs are really that difficult. I like to do interesting, creative things, but I'm not writing super progressive, you know, very difficult music. But because of the musical training, they're able to put up with me just playing the song in the way I felt like playing it because I can't <laughs> restrict myself to playing it how I'm supposed to. I'll, I'll change it while I'm doing it. And um, they were sharp enough to, to do that. But that was a lot of work to put on them. And I know it. Sure. <laughs> you know? Uh -huh. So I, I do like playing by myself. It, it, there's a magic to it. Yeah. When you are in the studio and you're writing music, do you ever collaborate with other people? Or do you also prefer to keep that like a, an isolated thing? You know, I, I collaborated more in the past. But now, I really like to do it all by myself. Because... Um, I'm saying the word magic so much, but it's magical. <laughs> you alone in the room, because I have a lot of crazy studio setup. I have um, a couple of microphones in my space, and it's just my space, and it's just for that. And I do everything there by myself. And when it's just me in there, focusing, like in it, there's nothing else. You know, like yeah. the whole world is just that. It's just this, you know? Mm -hmm. and, um, and I don't want to lose that. And to me, collaborating is opening that bubble, you know? But but, it, it's nice to have a space that's just me. I understand. Yeah, it's it, it can be really really difficult, you know, when you have this very singular personal vision, bringing other people in because now it's like now it becomes a own different like, thing, like, which it, is fun. Sure, it's like you're in my. It's like letting somebody go through your closet and have them pick out your outfit, mm -hmm. and it's like okay, like yes, these are my clothes, but I wouldn't have put them together this way and <laughs> I guess this is fine but I don't know I think I would have rather just done this myself yeah when I collaborate it's, it's very different mm -hmm. when it, I, I when I go in with the intention of collaborating with someone who's working together on my stuff or their stuff it turns into something totally different sure which is fun and I love doing that but I'll always have a need for, for just me. yeah it, I, I think that I had a really hard time almost like an opposite of you which is interesting because I was doing solo music and I played a show with a band. And like after it happened once, it was really hard for me to go back to playing without a band. Yeah. <laughs> but it was also really hard for me to relinquish the control to like let the people like come in and not just play what I wrote to like yeah. give them the creative freedom to change things and make yeah. it more their own. It took like years to like, it's tough. get comfortable with that and also to like find the right people that I trust to be in that circle with yeah. me right because it's still very much my 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 voice my thing I'm yeah. kind of a you know it's not like a what I say goes but yeah but it kind of is yeah right? and when, like yeah but I still want everybody else to be a part of it but it took a long no time it's, it definitely took a long time yeah to like get comfortable with the power of collaboration because I spent so much time not doing that yeah, exactly. I, th I think it's it, it's definitely difficult to adapt to it because there are people who want to be very, very controlling and in charge of it. And I think that's why I like to separate my stuff as me because um, 
it allows me to kind of be a little selfish, you know, to know that like, what I want to make is just what I want to make and I'm going to make it. Okay. And I don't have to ask, okay, is that okay? Because yeah. <laughs> it is, because it's just me. I totally. don't have to ask permission. Uh-huh. And, you know, there's almost nothing else in this life where you can just do it and not worry even for a second about like, oh, am I making a mess? Am I making this hard for somebody else? Am I getting in the way? Am I doing something wrong? You know what I mean? But making music by yourself, you don't have to apologize. You know, you don't have to ask permission. You can just do it. And it's, it's pretty great. It's allowing yourself to be a little selfish for once. Mm-hmm. You know? With learning all of the different instruments that you did and, uh, you know, you're learning your your ears changing and you're absorbing things differently now because you have a better understanding of like a wide variety of music yeah uh, it, musical instruments has it like opened up your doors as a listener to any different styles of music that maybe you hmm. wouldn't have like thought much about or listened to at all prior you no know, it has um i used to when i was a kid only really listened to like punk music and hardcore music and thought that's what cool kids listen to. You know sure. I mean? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But um honestly, these days I will turn on like um like college radio in the car or just like weird little AM stations. Listen to anything. Yeah. You know, you never know what you're gonna I've you never know what's gonna inspire you. Never know. Was there anything that like you found in this like new discovery that like you really, really, really liked or is it just like you're just happy to take in the information? I like to listen to <laughs> Um, I like shared a meme a little bit ago that was like, um, it was like a text conversation. It's like, Hey, can I send you some new music? And the person's like, no, I already found all the songs I like. <laughs> and on some <laughs> level, I do feel like that, but <laughs> I like to listen to something new all the time. Cause, um, I mean, what's more exciting than that? You never know what's going to happen next. Cause you never heard it before. Mm-hmm. So I, I like to listen to something brand new all the time. So like, even though like, it's like. As like a music guy, it's wrong to not just listen to full albums all the time because it's like not correct. And like I get that, I respect that. But if I just want to turn on my Spotify and say play me whatever and just keep going, to me that's good. To me that's that's what I like. You know, you seem like uh, a very positive, kind spirit. I'm positive. I'm very positive. I'm very curious though, mm-hmm. in terms of art or creativity, is there anything that you really don't like? From a musical perspective, is there anything that you're very much like, I'm open to whatever, but I don't know about that. Here's the thing. (laughs) 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 And this isn't even like me being, uh, I'm I'm a nice guy, so I'm not going to say it in a mean way. Yeah, I I understand. But if I'm going to a show and it's a just regular guy with a guitar and he says, this song is about my ex, I'm not going to like it. I'm just not going to like it. I'm not going to like it. I don't want to hear about your ex. In any any context. Sure, sure. <laughs> Especially with your singing about it. Because, like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I think if you're going to write about your ex, you should let your ex come on stage and sing about you <laughs> right after. Okay. Totally. Because <laughs> that doesn't seem fair. Yeah. And I don't know. I just, I don't want to hear about that. That's my only pet peeve with music, really. Anything else is fine. Yeah. You can write about whatever. But um, I don't want to hear about your ex. Yeah. I, I, can, I can relate with that. And I'm definitely somebody that has been... Uh, guilty of writing songs like that well everybody has i think everybody i think it's just a thing that you got to do i think it's part of i don't know i mean i think it's probably impossible to like again we're talking about like writing songs from negative experiences and things like that and for some people like that could be um like pretty traumatic depending on like how serious it was and i think there probably is a a tasteful way to go about um exploring that dialogue. Oh, no doubt. But I think that there's something that is kind of like, you know, the way that you present it to a crowd. Yeah. There's like, that certain I wrote kind this of... song about my bitch ex. <laughs> <There's> a... <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay. exactly. There's a certain type of like ex song. You know sure. what I mean? That is like... Like I... any any pop punk song ever? Yeah. Like, I just don't need that in my life, to be honest. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I just try to keep some positive energy. Even in songs when I'm writing about something really deep to my heart and really something important. I like to have some positivity in there. You gotta sure. have some balance. Because if it's just negative all the time and just sad and traumatic all the time, there's no there's no contrast. So, so it just starts to wash away. Like, what is your personal relationship still with like do you still listen to like any of like the punk or hardcore stuff that you used to listen to when you were younger? Or have you kind of like separated from it? 
I've separated from it a bit. Yeah, I can't deny it. I, I'm not as into heavy music anymore. And I'm a lot more into just... My favorite genre, really, is people with weird voices. Okay. I just like people with weird singing voice because I have a weird singing voice. Um, so if you write kind of weird songs with a weird singing voice, if you're really, really dynamic, when it came in, the, one of the first things I said is you have a Bjork record sticking out. Uh-huh. I love Bjork because it's like, she has a really weird voice and it's so dynamic. It just writes really weird songs. But they're not just weird because it's like, oh, we're being silly. It's weird because it's just the way it is. Yeah. And that's always really inspired me. That's what I like to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not weird because I'm trying to be goofy and freak you out. I'm just, I'm just kind of a weird guy. Yeah. It's so, like, I like people with weird voices. Yeah, is a you're just being Sheridan. Yeah. But the by proxy, there's a little bit of a, a uniqueness. And if you want to use the word weird, there's yeah. a weirdness to it. Yeah. But I might argue something that is like an artist that is like so finely trained where everything is perfect or it's digitally manipulated to be perfect and yeah. everything is flawless. Like to me, that's kind of weird. It freaks me out. Yeah, like, you know? <laughs> like that's like a uncanny valley sort of thing with like an auditory experience. Yes. Like how can a human being produce something so perfect? This doesn't sound it, right to me. You know, um, back when I was making punk music, I remember telling, I met this guy who was like, had been a producer for a long time. He's like an older guy. And he was like very talented producer. I remember telling him before I like really recorded any music, like how am I supposed to play the whole song in the studio without even a crowd in front of me and not make any mistake? Just play the whole song right the whole time. Like, people don't do that. Have you ever been to a show, sir? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, people make mistakes and, and they can't play it perfectly the whole time. But if you're on the record, you're expected to not make a single mistake for the whole song. If you have songs that are kind of long, I got songs that are kind of long. I'm not going to play it completely perfect every time. So, um, my rule is I always go with the first draft. First take, that's the take. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because um, if I make a mistake, I'll go, th- I'll, I'll barrel through it. Uh, and you might not even, you probably don't even notice. Because to everybody else, it doesn't seem like a mistake, you know? But um, mistakes are an important part of the process, in my opinion. Why do you think that? Well, because that's, that's how you play it. If you pick up the guitar or the piano and you play the song and you made a mistake, that's how you played it. You know what I mean? Sure. And that's that moment. And to me, the recording is capturing that moment and the energy of it in that moment. Yeah. I think that, I, I, I actually, I do agree with you. Yeah. I was just curious to get your take on it. I think that there's this weird thing where, you know, you're approaching uh, audio production and recording from this perspective to me that seems like this is almost like every audio recording should kind of be like just a live recording. It's like a snapshot. It's like a photograph of you in that moment. Like sometimes yeah. there might be in a picture of yourself that isn't, the most flattering, but you're like, yeah, exactly. whatever, this was a good day. This is a nice memory, right? Yeah. So like a song should be like that. Oh, Instead no of doubt. like this like thing where it's like a lot of people treat every single song as if it's like the cover of the next issue of Cosmopolitan where everything yeah. kind of has to be airbrushed and tweaked and super yeah. perfect. And like it, every, it all has to be this like perfect representation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like some parts of like underground music. I think there's always like even people like me that I'm not trying to get signed or be a, a super duper professional yeah. top tier musician, yeah. but I still treat my studio work like that. Yeah. I still feel like yeah, I need to like there. record everything like super accurately, but also like I enjoy the production side of things. Yeah. Cause I record. I mean, I enjoy the production too, side so. of things too. I mean, I like to make things as good as they can sound and really work on it. And then, you know, when I get that snapshot, I can do all the horns and all the other stuff and build off that snapshot and really, you know, amplify and, and accentuate what that moment is. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, there is this urge to, like, make everything, you know, treat everything like it's the cover of something, you know? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. the next huge big deal. Well, yeah, like, like everything, like, this is going to be the thing. Yeah, exactly. Right? Not like, everything has to be the thing. Sometimes yeah. it's just what it is. It's like you're not... And everybody's expecting that of themselves. Sure, to have sure. have perfect thing. But no one's expecting that of you. Sure, sure, sure. And it's like, are you doing this piece of art, whatever it is, whether it's a song or a painting or whatever, yeah. are you doing this for yourself? Or are you actually doing this just to get the approval of other people? Yeah. And I think yeah. that if you're so focused on the approval of others, mm-hmm. it's really going to pull away from the art. Yeah, the, it's, it's tough to get yourself in that mindset, but the rule you're going to have to follow, making art, I think is, do you like it? 
Yeah, I mean, can you look at it honestly and say, I think this is good? Then it's good. You know, it doesn't matter anything else. Mm-hmm. I think it's very uh, equivalent to what how I feel like fashion is. Yeah. I feel like you can get away with wearing anything if you think oh. it looks good. Oh, absolutely. You can <laughs> rock anything if you want to rock it. Yeah. It's the, That's true it, in com- all parts of life. Yeah. No the, doubt. Mm-hmm. So I think it's so much of the confidence that you carry around it. And unfortunately, sometimes for artists, you know, it's real easy to be like either modest or kind of talk down about your work when explaining it to other people. I'm super mm-hmm. guilty of that. And I wish I wasn't. Yeah. Because like, you know, a lot of my music is so like animated and weird and goofy, right? But you believe but in it. You care I about do it. believe in it. Yeah. But when I have a hard time like explaining it to people, I can't explain it in a way that I feel carries the same weight of like animated characteristics. Yeah. Like, so what's it like? I'm like, oh, you know, it's like, a little bit of this and a little bit of that and like i wish that my response would be like it's yeah. whatever the fuck i want it to be yeah, listen to that's it, what it. Is. i just can't i just see I'm that's the that. energy that i, I want know. to inspire people to have because that's that's the energy i have really i mean <laughs> like i love this stuff uh-huh. i'm passionate about this stuff i really care about stuff i'm making and i can't pretend not to anymore <laughs> you know yeah totally i can't like lie about it and say like oh you know it's pretty cool you should uh, book me maybe it's i don't know you'd be cool check it out i can't do that you know like i love this shit i think it's important yeah. I want people to hear it. I really do. You know? I can't be this this um, chill, cool guy. Because I'm not, you know? Sure. And I want to inspire people to have that energy. Because uh-huh. everybody's got it in there. Because if you're making something you care about, you care about it. It's in your heart. You know? You just got to reach in, find it. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Motivational words. I yeah, love it. I, I'm a very positive guy. Yeah, I see that. I totally see that. And I think that it's great that you know, I'm meeting you for the first time today. So I don't know, you know, what, you know, other times in your life were like, but mm-hmm. I think it's super awesome that you are able to get to this place now where you seem very confident in yourself and the life yeah. that you've built around yourself. And you're doing a lot of cool things, not only for yourself, but for other people. Thank you. Well, that's a really important, that's a really actually good point is like focusing on it now. Cause I was, um, if I was going to mention anything about recovery, that's really what I was going to mention is everyone always asks about, Oh, what was the hardest thing? And like, what was your, you know, rock bottom and all this? That doesn't matter. You know, what matters is, you know, where are you at now? Like, totally, you, you know, you, you made it here. Like, what are you after that? That's way more important. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. But, well, I think that sometimes it's like unfortunate. Like people want to know, like sometimes like the dark stuff because mm-hmm. like they want to compare it to their low point and it makes them feel like it's yeah. like, it's really like, I don't think it's like intentional, but, but it's like no, an, a human nature thing where it it's is. like, oh, like you're going through something. I went through something too. Like, and then there's like this unintentional like competition or yeah. judgment. It's where human it's like, nature to have yeah, that like competition. Where, it is. Like, where were you at? Where was I at? And like, okay, like maybe things aren't so bad for me or like, oh, wow, I'm way worse off, <laughs> you know? But then it's like, then it's like, you know, you get the situation like, oh, like that's all it was. <laughs> I this happened to me and it's like we weren't even talking about yeah. you you know people so uh, people in like recovery groups have heard the term asshole contest and <laughs> anyone out here like who knows what i'm talking about knows what i'm talking about of this idea of like if you go outside smoking a cigarette at a rehab if you say like oh i went through this bad thing first thing you're gonna hear is you went through that bad thing that was nothing i did this i'm i'm the biggest asshole and then the next person goes yeah, that's nothing one time i did this terrible thing and it was oh, you know what no. i mean it's like this is goes nowhere, you know? It uh-huh. goes nowhere. Don't, don't, you can't be that. I, I like, um, where you are right now should speak for itself. You don't got to worry about all that stuff. And you should never try to be the biggest asshole in the room. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a reason that stuff is in the past, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I think that maybe some of that, though, might go back to that conversation of what now, right? Oh, like, yeah. if you don't have something to fill up that space... It's like, okay, well, now maybe we could just talk about it over yeah, and over exactly. again. That's and what that's not good. A lot yeah. of times. It's just like the ghost of it. Uh huh. No? Yeah. But yeah, what now? That's the big question. So before we wrap up, we talked a lot about um, art and creativity and getting through different progressions of life, right? But yeah. I want to talk a little bit more just about the charity stuff that you do. Just oh, yeah. try to like dig into that and explain it a little better. Yeah, like okay. What it is. I'll, I'll give you doing. the elevator pitch. Cool. Helping at organization I started with my partner. Um, we 
started out just doing like some benefit albums and raising money. Well, really, it was um, during like the George Floyd protests. A bunch of people I know got arrested. Yeah. And like, you know, beat up by the police and everything and all this bad stuff. And um, most of them could like make bail okay. But a lot of people were in there for no good reason and couldn't make bail. So we got all our friends together, music friends, made a little compilation to raise money for bail. And um, it was pretty successful and it got in the paper and it raised a lot of money and it helped people out. And it got me really inspired to kind of turn it into something. And we kind of pulled all our resources and all our connections and started this, this um, little charity. And our main thing is we give away free instruments. So anybody who has an old instrument laying around, maybe it's broken, maybe they don't use it, maybe it's not like the nicest one and I got a new guitar, maybe they can give it to us, we'll fix it, we'll clean it, we'll find someone who needs it and we'll give it to them for free. Nice. That's what we do. So I'm curious, like, you know, with that idea, was a lot of that from, like, your experience in using music to help you get through recovery and seeing, oh, like, the power of, like, yes. having just access to this? That's what did it. That, that's that's yeah. exactly why I did it. Because I know how important it is. Because I, I don't know where I'd be if I didn't have an outlet. Yeah. Art and music. Just something. Even just something, like, like to fill that space in you. you know? Absolutely. It, it's so important. And, and it made such a huge difference for me. And I know it has made a lot of difference for a lot of other people. And I just thought if there was something that really would have helped me back then. And if the mm -hmm. helping out was out back then, I would have been like, this is perfect. This is exactly what I need. I can ask these people. They'll have an instrument for me and they'll just give me an instrument. Yeah. No, no I think that's And, and every awesome. like DIY music person has at least one half broken guitar they don't use or some old cables or a mic they don't use or, you know old reeds from a woodwind or something. Sure. Everybody's got some of that stuff. Yeah. Nobody knows what to do with it. So um, I've made a lot of connections of like organizations like music schools and like, you know, um, different things like that and like community centers and stuff and just like people, just like regular old people who just really want an instrument and can't afford one. We'll just, we'll find it. Yeah. And do you have like any like centralized place where people could go online or something to learn more about that? Uh, you can go on Instagram at helping at H E L P I N A H T helping at and like on social media and stuff. And um, if you want to donate something, just message us. If you want or requesting something, um, just message us. We give, um, we give priority to people. If you don't have any instruments, you have, you know, priority or if you have like little kids. Yeah get priority obviously kids get priority um but if something comes in and you want it you know you have it i'm not gonna ask any questions you don't gotta fill any forms you don't gotta give us your information tell us where you're at or come to us and we'll give it to you that's awesome yeah is there anything else that you want to promote or talk about <laughs> before we uh um, before we wrap it up well i would love to promote now that in-person events are happening we're having a helping out event in september like i said i'm not sure when this will air some might have already happened but We'll hopefully do some more things like that where they're little, they're basically DIY shows. We get bands who are really interested in our cause and stuff and helping us out, play some music. And then it's also a donation drive. Everyone can either pay for a ticket or bring in a donation, come in for free, bring all your friends for free then. You know? What day is the show? It is on September the 3rd, Friday at the Government Center in the North Side. And there's another one in October. I don't know the exact date. Okay, cool. I can do my best. I'm looking at the schedule now. This uh, I can make this episode come out before then. Yep. <laughs> before September <laughs> 3rd. to this, I really hope you uh, come to the government center on the 3rd. Nice. That's and uh, bring a donation. Or, you know, pay 10 bucks for a ticket. Or if you have cables, reeds, old instruments, broken guitar neck, pack of guitar strings, um, violin bow, anything you don't need that could probably help somebody out. Bring it. We'll fix it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, with all of that being said, I think we're going to wrap this one up. Thank you so much for coming over. Thank you for thank you me. for emailing me. I think that it's like really cool to have um, people that I'm not familiar with at all yeah. that are doing cool stuff in the city fun to be able to, like, to make a first impression. Reach out and you know now I know about this cool stuff that you're doing and I've met a nice. Well, now I know being. about this cool stuff you're doing. Uh, now we now <laughs> hey yeah friendship. <laughs> makes the world go around but uh yeah no i appreciate you reaching out and uh i'm you know looking forward to uh the future yes seeing you around and doing whatnot. cool stuff yeah doing the cool stuff i had this on my chin the whole time i didn't even notice <laughs>
I, I've gotten so used to like I've gotten so used to like seeing them. I don't even think about it I'll, anymore. I'll take it off for the last two seconds. Look at my chin. See it. <laughs> yeah, there's there's nothing there's nothing there's nothing strange <laughs> under there. It's just the chin. It wasn't hiding something. <laughs> well, with all of that being said, that is all, folks. Thanks so much for being here one more time, Sheridan. Thank you for listening. I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2021. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening. (laughs) And we did it. That was a podcast. We're done. (laughs) It happened. That was really, really fun. 